This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi LS Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com It's Swindon Town. Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. Your triumphant return. How the devil are you? This devil is very good, thank you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to break off. What? Seemed to be quite the partnership between you and JR. I was thoroughly enjoying it whilst uh, walking along the, the Northumberland coastline. And yet here I am derailing such friendships um, just to get my voice back on a podcast. Shameful stuff. It's that, that tough call, isn't it? When do you keep with the hot hand to bring the big star back in when he's fit again? But you know, you've, you've got such a pull, Rich, that you had to come straight back into the lineup. Mm, yeah, um, that that's one way of putting it. But bless JR for his hard work and yours, of course, and everybody else who contributed during my uh, skiving. And that's what it was. Fair play to you, Joe. One-one draw prediction at Peterborough. That was very good. I, I was I've, I've given you the points for that. That that's the full-time result, and that's what we're going with. Yeah, I was I was I was pleased and also gutted that it was. I mean, it wasn't like the penalty shootout was close. It wasn't a kick of the ball different. But, yeah, I was pleased with myself in that one. I think I'm quite so close with with Crew. Although I think I had us scoring twice. So for about 60 minutes, I was right. Yeah. And then, Jay, I got you on the Crew game, I think. Uh, He was uh, a little bit more pessimistic, and rightly so. But he went for a 1-1, I believe. Um, But, yes, Crew, 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 Crew. Don't worry, everybody. I've calmed down. Uh, since since the weekend and I'm looking firmly forward to the Forest Green 
game in at the time recording in just over a day's time these pods are coming thick and fast joe are we gonna we're gonna last the pace it's a it's a grueling start swindon are picking up a lot of niggles and i think we're probably gonna have some vocal issues at the moment with the amount amount of podcasts that could be going on to start the season yeah i I can't i can't pull out on an acl can i i can't (laughs) can't do podcasting they might know if you try if you try (laughs) Like groin strain, I uh, can't do the pod. Uh, so I always go to the groin strain. That's probably something for uh, for a- analysing elsewhere. Uh, crew, 2-2, two, two. I've calmed down, Joe. Um, you were never rattled in the first place, consummate pro that you are. Yeah, well, I was quite positive heading into the, on the presser. And then by the time I actually got to the day, I'd seen too much positivity, including that of myself. And so anyone who spoke to me on the day would have heard me say something on the lines of, it's going too well, this is this is going to blow up at some point today. And then, you know, they, I was I was born out in that because you know, 60 minutes, I think from pretty much from the first goal to, until the second goal, it was it was brilliant, really. Oh. Swindon playing some lovely stuff, carving a pretty terrible crew team to pieces. And then it just, it just completely fell away. So you know, I, don't, I don't think there's loads of nuance i can add to what the this discourse will have already have been but it was it was a it was a i mean it was better than last than last season i won't denigrate it by saying that because at least some of the football was quite exciting before the the major collapse but and and i said this to michael flynn afterwards and i was asking him the post-match questions you know was it disappointing to have that start again and then after chewing my head off about asking about last season he was no, he, I think you will have to see that is a disappointing trend to continue into a second consecutive season. Absolutely. And I, and I think that what you say there, like before, you know, from the from everything after the, about the 55th minute was really quite different to what we endured slash experienced last season, which is the big plus from it. And it, it probably deserved more than the draw. And I think that's why I was so frustrated because it was just there. It was there for the taking. And I saw, you know, listener and Fools Rush In panellist Ben Nichols say, you know, that that should have been a four or five. And it, it really felt like that from both sides. You know, the energy even that crew fans were providing from the opposite end, you could feel that they were they were they were planning their ways home. I I, I swear. Yeah, well it was just such a mismatch for so long. It was it was back to the Decanio opening game against Crew and that kind of way. Swindon was was so good in some of the football that was being played, and then I guess by the sounds of it, Swindon just completely hit a wall with with the fitness of some of the players. And you know, Crew managed to get their get their customary draw, which they keep doing a bit of a Swindon from twelve months ago in terms of consistently drawing games at the start of the season. I mean, you know, in fact, their manager was not even positive after they got back into it with what he said after the game. He was yeah. quite livid with the way they played even so. Yeah, but, well, there's a few things from the last episode that I just want to address. Uh, Dan Jackson messaged, I, I said a little anecdote about the Don Rogers uh, stand going a little bit crazy when Wakeling wasn't allowed on the pitch. Uh, Dan sends me a screenshot of the rule changes um, from this season, any player who goes down must leave the field for treatment and stay off the field for a minimum of 30 seconds be, before being invited back on. You learn something new every day, but thank you for that, Dan. So all those people that were 
hurling abuse at the official um, need to send a frank and sincere apology. Yeah, that was that was one of the things where I think Johnny and I were, as as we often do, deriding the sort of the Swindon fan base just for just for larks and japery. Uh, <laughs> the sort of the nuances, the nuances, because that was one of the less covered ones. Uh, the many new um, just things that the FA are trying this season. Mm. Oh yeah, there are a few apology letters to, should be written to that linesman. Although I wouldn't have thought they will, he will be receiving them. Yeah, Joe Acklam and Johnny Lee Fielding, your big tower, looking down on us and deriding us, and no doubt metaphorically spitting at us peasants in our normal seat. Shame on you, Joe and Johnny. Oh yeah, that press box is made of ivory. Make no bones about it. <laughs> Um, also had a message saying, just listen to the pod this morning and something not mentioned. That's a bright spot. So here we go. Positivity. We seem to have come up with plans for set pieces. A hut and long throw was used and a few corner routines leading to thunder bastards from Khan and someone else on the edge of the box. That's the sort of the analysis that I can really get on board with Khan and somebody else. Uh, also, crew might have done better in the first half if anyone stood near Khan from goal kicks. He was controlling the game. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that that's kind of been a big thing about the the last couple of weeks. Um, that's whenever it's brought up. Wayne Hatswell's job is very clearly on set pieces, and he was thought of very highly by both the players and um, and Michael Flynn, obviously. And uh, it's quite fun. Although another press press box anecdote is that I I remember seeing Hutton come over to go and do the long throw and getting really excited. Oh my god, we're finally going to do one! And then he, we sort of faked the long throw and threw it short. And I was like, oh, okay, so so not quite. But it, it's encouraging to see his see a manager actually use that. I remember the suggestion from Hutton last season that Lindsay had told him not to do his long throw at one point. Um and. You know, and we were sort of historically bad at corners and have been for a while, I feel like. So actually seeing some creativity and the potential of recreating the Dan Kemp goal against Plymouth is, is keeping me going at the moment. Yes, and I don't blame you at all. I don't really have much more to say about Saidu Khan other than he wears a football shirt really well. I think he goes a size smaller, but he wears he wears a football shirt really well. That's all I've got. Yeah, a man with that physique, you would go a size smaller. Exactly right. Okay, then. So what did Michael Flynn in this presser say about the crew game? Because he looked quite dejected when I saw the post-match. And I I felt he still had a little bit of a vocal tremor about how frustrated he was that Swindon didn't get the win in this one. Um, Would that be be accurate? Yeah, he was, as usually, it wasn't a hugely different opinion to as he had post-match. But I think he possibly wrote, he, he was now calling it two sloppy goals that conceded rather than just the one. I think initially he'd put down the first goal to Murphy Mahoney seeing it late. But uh, it was a very you know, concrete two sloppy goals that Swindon conceded. And he was he was disappointed with, with the way that Swindon ceded momentum to crew throughout that game as as was blatantly, blatantly obvious to everyone watching. I think the, the sort of fitness aspect to various players and Tarek Iwakwe has been for a bit of a hairdryer over the last couple of days by the sounds of it because of his fitness levels and the way that he was able to form in the second half because of them and that that kind of thing really getting on top of Swindon when they haven't really got the chance to improve the fitness too much because of the amount of games they're playing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all the same stuff. We don't need to go over and over and over again. Flynn clearly really, really happy in in 
spells with what we were doing and, and then a little bit frustrated elsewhere. But I, I do get the feeling with Flynn and I, I haven't listened to entire pressers this season as much before today is that I, I don't think he's, he's playing poker with us. I think he will talk <laughs> what he, he will talk about what he's thinking as opposed to trying to hide it. And I think after the, uh, the, the, the defense of what's up with Marcel Lavinia, it shows that, you know, he's, he's probably not very good at poker. Yeah. He's, he's definitely very happy or overly happy to speak his mind. Cause there's been, I think at least three occasions over the summer and the start of the season where uh, either Callum or Henry have had to sort of say either at the time uh, you can't say that or you have to say this or um, have to wreck on something after it's already been said in a press conference. So he is perfectly happy to be open, which is always, I mean, generally speaking, a very good thing from, from my perspective about a manager. I don't think he's crossed the line as yet, but anything that he should be saying about players or anything like that we'll see if if things do take a turn for the worse which fingers crossed they won't but if if that step is taken but you know a manager who's willing to give a few sound bites and and say and not play all smoke and mirrors mind games is is quite a good thing i think 100 percent agree well this episode of the presser is proudly brought to you by great western hospital because it's a lot of medical chat in this one let's let's get to the all important stuff injuries we had issues with Wakeling. Uh, we know about Hepburn Murphy. We've got Clayton out. We've got Divine perennially out. What's the situation? Yeah, and maybe the, the hospital at the Swindon, you know, the medical staff are having quite a swift start to the season. Um, Hepburn Murphy was kind of the contentious one because we were essentially told he would be fine leading into the crew game, but he wasn't fine at all because uh, he didn't feature whatsoever. It wasn't even on the bench. So um, they're still kind of working out what they can do with him in terms of for the match. He he was said it was he might be able to be involved against Forest Green, but it's a big might, and that would that would imply no. Um, so he's that's him out, um, adding to Tyree Shade, who was previously quoted as being uh, targeting Wrexham as his return, so he shouldn't be out for too much longer. And of course, Clayton Devine is the longest term injuries. And then Jacob Wakeling, who I thought had a very strong first half before Ooh. being absolutely clattered. Um, but that was probably early on, though, wasn't it? Yeah. And he was, you know, he's been a bit sore. I think you I, I, I saw him limping at, at one point coming into training. So he's, he's not in the best of ways, but it's mostly sort of uh, swelling, I believe. It's, they, they've had his x ray come back and nothing's broken. So, um, you know, he was, he's again possible to be involved, but. It's excellent news if your name is Jake Young. It's not great news if your name is anything else. Well, I mean, it doesn't exactly sound like Jake Young is 100% either. No, Jake is, as you say, Jake Young's um, listed alongside Tarek Iwakwe as one of the players who's um, not ha- not had the easiest of summers in terms of getting himself fit because I believe he was uh, in the Keshi Anderson treatment from Mark Hughes in terms of bomb squadding. So his fitness isn't 100%. He's not played too many games leading into the season because he wasn't around Swindon by the, for any pre-season games. And of course, Tarek Iwakwe didn't have a club for much of it, so he's not fully fit either. So yeah, those two are they're both running on fumes a bit. And then there's also um, uh, Ben Double N Ward, um, who is uh, who had a um, back spasm very early on against Crew, which would... Um, possibly mitigate some of his less than positive performance in that game 
Um, and he's also, probably, I think he'll have recovered by, from that, which is very good news if Tarek Yuakwe's fitness is as low as Flynn has suggested. Um, but he's also going to, you know, probably be struggling a little bit coming off of that. So, yeah, it's quite a long list of injuries after two matches, really. Cannot wait, Joe, for the starting lineup for Arsenal under 21s next week. That's going to be a good. You'll have to play trialists in that game because we might <laughs> have to. Uh, might have to start playing the lotto to make sure that whatever fine they get for the squad they they pick that day, they we all we all pick up the tab. I think, or just the main prize of the lotto is a place in the starting squad Ooh, for the game. Okay, well, you know the window's open. We can do this. Make and it register someone. <laughs> Um, so I think a lot of people said reference, you know, Rashad Hepburn Murphy's absence, and I think the general consensus is if he plays and he plays to his full potential, we win that game uh, much more comfortable. But Dr. Darren Ferguson says he can't play. <laughs> um, it, it was a weird one this weekend because there were quite, you know, reasonably ITK people suggesting that Rashad Hepburn Murphy's injury was quite significant and then it was played down by Michael Flynn and then you know people are just saying that's because he's on his way he might just be injured yeah I'd, I'd heard that um from someone that it was it was fairly long term that's certainly not the way Flynn is personally and obviously there was the links to Peterborough which as far as I can tell was started by me on this show when I made a joke about <laughs> yeah. uh, he played well against Peterborough so he's probably going there for a packet of crisps um, someone taking that overly seriously, I don't know. But I, there was no reference to him moving there before I said that, I think, on the presser for the crew game. So uh, low strangers getting into the Fabrizio Romano, David Ornstein business, it would appear. Um, but yeah, is ho- hopefully Flynn is right. Although, you know, the fact that he said that Rush- Hepburn Murphy would be involved against crew would suggest that, you know, he's lied once. You know, fool, fool me once, fool me twice etc etc kind of thing so uh if we're still waiting on this by the end of the month then i think i think we may have all been bamboozled yeah can't wait to have the exact same conversation with you on friday about this but the good news is he's full of confidence and champing at the bit to to play some football yeah well he's he's obviously had a very strong side it's called the two lovely fifa 13 near post goals in consecutive games against high league opposition against Peterborough and Plymouth. So he's he's been playing really well. Flynn's been said a couple of times about how impressed he's been with him and the way he's, you know, taking on all of the instructions he's been given. He was uh, specific, specifically said, and I think you can see this in, if anyone's seen Swindon play over the summer, um, that Hepburn Murphy is not being told to come defeat at all. He's being told, run it behind every time, sort of Leroy Zane, Edison, Man City era type stuff where, He's 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 not taking the ball to feet. He's stretching that defence whenever he can, and uh, he's been he's been getting a lot of joy about it in terms of running in behind. And clearly, Flynn's you know, Hepburn Murphy is probably the player who's, who's been given the most praise by by Flynn so far. Yeah, I think he's going to be key this season if he's here for the whole of the campaign, and indeed fit for it fingers crossed medical advancements. We said it was going to be a a medical based pod. Uh, he was asked about about this but it was more in terms of like the squad itself and it sounds like rotation will be required so please give him a couple more players Clem Fooney and Jamie Russell and whoever else is involved yeah 
please enter the lottery. Um, yeah, this the, the kind of when I wrote medical advancements, it sounded like the question was going in a different direction, and then it went towards um, squad size. So, uh, and I couldn't be bothered to change it basically. Um, but yeah, just in in terms of the, the amount of games that are being played, and obviously the, the new directives coming in, and Finn said an average of sixteen minutes more a game being played. That I mean, certainly Swindon's game wasn't sixteen minutes longer. I, 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 I'd like to see if there's a big anomaly throwing off that number. Um, so far, but Flynn doesn't seem to be a huge fan of the anti-time wasting rules. Uh, I'll let you judge whether that was because of the way he managed before. Um, but yeah, he, he he still feels like he wants, and he, he said on terms of signings that it's going to be you know, one or two most likely to try and pad out the squad a little bit because you know we only Swindon only made three changes in the in the crew game in a match where he he said himself that the fitness was flagging a bit so. Clear that squad isn't all the way there yet in his own in his own mind and indeed in everyone else's. So you know, he's 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 feeling like you know with the sort of the amount of games that's been played in the first in the first two weeks. Like I mean, I imagine it is always this way, but it does feel like there've been quite a lot of games packed into August so far, and, and will continue to be so. And then and then obviously with the extra football being played in terms of trying to get more football played actually within the 90 minutes um it's going to be tough on tough on teams and you know it, it will presumably favor those with large squads you know your your richer size like a stockport or a Wrexham. um but you know swindon are, are going to have to be able to adapt because i don't think anyone's expecting a, a 30 a 30 man swindon squad to because that would involve quite a lot of business in two weeks yeah, we, we never expect it. And then it somehow happens over the season. Uh, I, I think last time I checked, Bradford had one of the bigger squads. But I, I see town alumni, uh, Ryan East, has been sent out on loan to Rochdale. So, and, and we've got Jake Young from them. So they're slowly but surely uh, bombing out their unneeded players. Okay. Um, I think now is a good time to re-enter the Joe zone and get your questions before we talk about Forest Green Rovers. I was looking at the stats in the first two games, and you've had over 20 shots in both of them so far, which if you were to keep that up for the full season, would basically break every League 2 record. It's double what the team did last year, so how pleased have you been with the way you've created chances so early? Um, look, rather we'd scored a little, you know, a few more. Um, but yeah, it's pleasing. Like I said, I want to make sure the fans are seeing exciting football. Um, and yeah, sometimes you don't always get what you deserve out of the game. But it's been pleasing the situations we've got in, and um, just like I said, if we can just improve our decision making at key times, um, that final ball or the final finish, then we know we would have scored already quite a few more goals, which is pleasing. Um, but like I said, it's uh, it's both ends, what we do in both boxes. And I think we could have, I don't think, I know we could have defended a little bit better on both goals on, on Saturday. So I would have been happy with a 2-0 or a 2-1. If you had asked me that before the game, I would have taken it. I did say crew can damage teams because they play with a freedom. Um, of <clears throat> Yeah, they, they, they pop up everywhere. Their, their movement... Um, so I knew they, they could create stuff and they will create stuff against other teams. I just think that we should have seen that game out, definitely. Players who kind of had a big impact at both ends were Goblin Malifa and Blake Tracy, sort of the 
Chris Wilder type outside centre backs. Was that um, to deciding to play that way? Was that sort of looking at the personnel you had and thinking that would suit them as players? Or well, we've done it. We've done it when we were at Newport. When you've got the players who who can play out and and got the football intelligence to when to go, when not to go. You know, I think I said to Wayne. Um, after about half an hour, I said, I think we've reinvented the wheel again because Dokes is a, a right-sided centre-back playing right wing. Um, so uh, for, for large periods of the first half. Um, but that showed that our positional sense from the other players was key because we didn't want to leave too much of a gap. Romeo was rolling inside, so he was creating further overloads. Like I said, it was a lot of positives from Saturday. The only negative is we didn't we, we didn't get three points. We got one instead of three, and that is my only negative, really. Cheers. All good? Lovely. So you asked uh, Michael Flynn about the high number of shots Swindon have had in two games so far this season. Surely we want more data than this before we coo over these stats? Yeah, but I decided let's, let's go really over the top really quickly because, you know, it was, it is clearly far too early in a far too small a data set. But uh, Swindon had 24 shots against Peterborough and then 20 against Crewe. And that last season, Swindon were averaging 12 shots a game. And I think quite often having even less than that, cough, cough, Jody Morris era. So, you know, <laughs> it, it, it does feel it is very high. And in the unlikely event that they keep that up, that would be the most anyone has ever had in League Two across the course of a season in terms of an average. So it, it does feel like quite a, a promising start especially with one of those games being against higher league opposition in, in Peterborough in fact that was the higher the higher number so it I thought you know uh give give, give Flynn a nice question of you know are, are you pleased with the attack with a, with a little bit of data to back that up and then there was a question about centre-backs and he was very keen to uh, highlight the fact that He's already done this previously at Newport, and he did seem quite happy that you asked this question. Yeah, I was, I was, I was slightly surprised that he's mentioned he'd done it at Newport because I was, I was thinking potentially would he have done it at Walsall, but can't imagine Manny Moth getting forward, rampaging down the right. So it didn't feel like something that would have happened at Walsall, but I, I imagine during the Scott Twine season when he was having his his big fun, um, he he probably was probably bringing it in then in terms of the. As I mentioned, the, the Chris Wilder style underlapping centre backs, which we saw quite a lot of, because I think Blake Tracy assists Jake Young's goal, and obviously Godwin Malife scores the first one, so and could indeed have assisted Austin prior to that. So we, part of that, you know, the, the high amount of shots Finden have been having so far, has been the fact that the centre backs are getting really involved. It's, it's quite a fun thing to watch. I think I've seen a couple of people comment on it on Twitter and it's nice for not just be to not just be me talking about some random tactical nonsense. Um so yeah it's 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 been an impressive start for those two in particular and you know, him having done it before and, and then seeing the the qualities in the players to do it again was was nice to get his insight on where he landed on that. Absolutely was lovely. Okay, let's talk about Forest Green Rovers then. Welcome back to League Two. They had their first jaunt into League One for 22-23. They got a massive nosebleed, uh, lost their heads and lost their heads and returned swiftly to League Two. Um, they've got a new head coach in David Horseman. 
uh, after Duncan Ferguson left. Um, shock across the EFL uh, lower leagues when that tenure proved to be a massive failure. And they've had a lot of transfer business both in and out over the summer, pretty much quite well, quite a significant squad overhaul. Um, they've lost players like Regan Hendry, Bailey Cargill, Luke McGee. I think all their goalkeepers went. Um, they lost some some centre-back by the name of Godwin, Godwin Malife um, and assorted others. And they've brought in players like Matty Taylor from Oxford United, Teddy Jenks from Brighton, Ryan Innes from Charlton Athletic, and of course, Marcel Lavinia, who I don't think will be available for this one. And also, the most important one, Dylan Kaji on a season loan from Bristol City. Um, well, let's, let's go with the old school question here. What what did Michael Flynn have to say about the upcoming fixture with Forest Green Rovers? Yeah, he, he didn't seem to know, or he didn't, he didn't talk loads about them as a team. He said he, wasn't, he didn't know Horseman personally. Uh, clearly doesn't have a Netflix subscription. Um, and he, but he said it was nice to see a younger manager like that come in, bring his new ideas into Forest Green, who you know, obviously they, they do stuff different off the pitch, but they've had some quite interesting managers recently, most notably being Rob Edwards, now of, now of Luton fame. So you know, they've, they've tried this sort of stuff before with a younger manager like this. And I think they had an incredibly high possession in their opening game of the season against, even, even though they lost against Salford and not many teams were dominating Salford with, with the ball last season. So I think it's quite clear the way that Forest Green are going to try and play this season, as you would expect with an academy manager, uh, even if he was working with Ollie Lancashire. Um, and then you know, he, was, he was saying that clearly Swindon were going to have to, he specifically talked about defending. So I think he, he does see that possession way that Forest Green are going to play and going to their place, um, having to do, shore up defensively a little bit to not have the easy goals that they conceded in the crew game happen again and to a certain extent the Peterborough game as well um, try and get that in and then take some more of the chances that Swindon have created so far because you know they, they have had a lot of shots but only the three goals across the two games is clearly not as many as they should have had no no Michael Flynn is only like three years older than David Horseman is making it sound like he's 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 like Roy Hodgson over the weekend, you know, scrapping it out with people that are fifty years younger than him. I hope Flynn does do that because it was a great watch of Roy. Sorry, oh, up to Max Luck. Tremendous stuff. Tremendous stuff. Okay, it's an interesting one, really, Forest Green, because they've changed so much. They won away from home over the over the, over the weekend, so you know, I, I'm not sure whether they're promotion contenders I don't think you know the one to 24s that we've seen across the the experts have had Forest Green particularly up there have they yeah I think they've they've been a bit all over the place but I don't think there's too much expectation on Forest Green this time around they have got exciting players you mentioned Matty Taylor you know he's he's scored goals wherever he's been and generally speaking that's been a major rival of Swindon Town having been at Oxford United, Bristol City, Bristol Rovers, Port Vale. And after the summer with all the Twitter antics, we're probably big rivals with Forest Green now as well. So <laughs> he's clearly a very good player. Um, and also an, an, a, an a man who, you know, will probably get a sausage roll chucked at him tomorrow. But um, it, I feel like they're quite a tough team to place so far. But 
they they did they have played quite well without necessarily getting results. Certainly against Salford, they they lost that one, but um, and then a narrow win against a not particularly good Harrogate side. So I feel like they're probably one of the more difficult to play sides in this division. Well, the next question was on players uh, returning to old clubs. So there's a few. It's uh, Forest Green, isn't there? Because We've already mentioned Dylan Kaji. We've mentioned Marcel Lavinier. I think they've got uh, Jordan Garrick for the deep cuts uh, <laughs> too, whereas we have Godwin Malife. And depending on whether he's lucky and wins the lotto or not, maybe Lewis Ward at some point too. Uh, what was what was discussed here? Yeah, of course, Jake Young as well. and um, Of course. And, and uh, Jordan Moore-Taylor, technically, well, sort of. Uh, having having been there over the summer in sort of a Pierce Sweeney kind of way. But um, he, he he said in the kind of you know more boring version of this answer, which wasn't get let them fire up, really try and get in, stuck in on the crowd um, kind of thing. It was more, you know, it's, it's his job as a manager to take the emotion out of proceedings. And um, he, does, he doesn't feel like he'll have much issue with that, particularly the way that Goblin Millife played in that opening game, Jake Young starting his winning career very nicely with a goal. Um, so he doesn't have much fear that they'll be um, that they that they will get over overawed by the situation. Although I can't imagine the Forest Green crowd has done that to many players before. <laughs> and then being in the familiar surroundings could potentially help them was was a suggestion of his. Mm. We're kind of going dokes heavy at the moment, aren't we? I, I, I hope it, it continues in in terms of form on the pitch but my goodness we've gone all in on Dokes and he was he was brilliant over the weekend he's had a great month so far um I, I kind of half expect sort of Bart Simpson-esque uh, levels of t-shirts emerging in in the club shop with uh with with Godwin Malife crooning uh, photoshopped images and so forth, and people just loving every second of it. But yeah, he, he's he's done really well so far, hasn't he? Yeah, there's there's kind of the 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 part a part of me is having seen this kind of thing happen before that there's a there's probably a fifty fifty chance he actually ends up leaving for the window closes. To be honest, no, no. We've, <laughs> given how much you know, given how quickly Sunderland have tended to sell players who have become cult heroes, so. I mean, you know, you, you have to hope that he does keep up. There's there's no suggestion that he won't because he's been a very, very good player at this level before. And he, he just seems very happy right now. We, you know, I think everyone loved the celebration after his goal. He was clearly very desperate to get that goal in the game, something he never did during his career at Forest Green. So, you know, it's nice to get that cult hero so quickly and um, it would it would be very nice if he could if he could stick around for a while and and record a few albums to help fund the team <laughs> oh lovely and and finally michael flynn on getting his first win hopefully uh this week yeah he was despite the positivity of at least two-thirds of the opening two games um the, the, he is yet to win a competitive match as a swindon manager so it is gonna come up and he basically said i'd very like much like to get it so you can i can stop being asked about getting that first win he, you know, he he's clearly very committed to swindon he's he's very happy with what he said with his situation by everything that he's been saying and i, I he does seem quite desperate to get that first win and 
think everyone, particularly him, is hoping that it's tomorrow night. Mm, indeed. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, we'll do predictions in just a moment. But also joining you for this press conference was Romeo Hutton. No audio for this. It, it, it's a little bit busy in the background. Not terrible, but not really enough to uh, to justify. And it was a very quick interview with Mr. Hutton, wasn't it? Yeah, they had a team meeting. They were sort of 10 minutes away from when he when he came in and they were setting up the gym in the kind of sports hall area we were in. So I, I think we were all fairly happy to make this fairly swift for Romeo and then let them get on with what they were doing. Yeah, so what's the vibe then? How's he doing? Yeah, he seemed seemed pretty happy with everything. He was... You know, he, he said that he maybe hasn't played as well as he could so far in the first two games, but he was, you know, he then had the interesting comment of, well, you can't play your best every time, which which is an interesting outlook. I quite like it, but um, I don't think I've ever heard a player talk that way before, but you know, he seemed quite content. He's uh, Everyone's very happy to get to bring up dokes whenever they can, and he said he was enjoying playing with Kemp as well and growing that relationship on the field. I think there was couple of passages of play when Twin are at their best where those two in particular were zipping the ball between each other one touch and that was the particular moments where Swindon were cutting straight through crew so that does feel like a potentially profitable relationship between the two of them so he's he's been you no know, he, he does seem to be enjoying himself and then kind of the the biggest question was in terms of about how he's developed his crossing and I actually found that the easily the most revealing part was essentially he was out of the team at Stevenage and decided that whilst he had the extra time by not playing games, he was going to really hone in and develop his crossing in different types. And, you know, he's he's clearly become very proficient at it given given the number of assists he's been getting. And he's uh he's paying paying some pretty strong dividends for that right now. Yeah, have some of that, Stevenage. I I, I might have misunderstood what he said, but correct me if I'm wrong, he did pretty much say if basically if I was better then I wouldn't be here. <laughs> did he say something along those lines about like, well, if he was perfect every week, he would be here because he'd be higher up. Uh, I I don't know that he, he said that necessarily. He said, I think he's, I think he said, you know, I, I could have played better. There are elements in my game I like develop, but can't play your best every game. I don't, I don't think he took it to the place of I want to leave, but based on the no, not not I want to leave. It was, it was just that sort <laughs> of. I wouldn't be a League Two footballer if I could do this all the time. You know, I think it I was more that, of that. I heard that a few times already. I, I think prior to the col- the Peterborough game, Michael Flynn was saying, "Well, if we want, we and he was sort of talking about, it, well, if we won every game, none of us would be here." <laughs> so there's been a few suggestions about, you know, if if I was in the and the and it's quite a I was a legendary John Sheridan quote when he said it in a slightly more blunt way that if I was a better manager, I wouldn't manage Swindon. So, you know, if, if things weren't going, if things start to take a bit of a negative turn, then these comments won't be seen as quite so jovial, I think. Yeah, quite. Well, he's enjoying his time so far under Flynn. Um, He remains one of these players that might not be here beyond the window, depending on what interest is out there. But any previous noise has simmered significantly over the last couple of months yeah there was suggestions at the start of the window and particularly when he was putting those um highlight reels out of himself and asking for was it professional video editors or something to help him it did feel very Lawrence Vigaru I want out kind of thing but there doesn't feel like there's that much suggestion at the moment the swinging getting rid of Marcel Lavinia um 
kind of at least hopefully felt like something that indicated that they had some level of confidence that Hutton would still be around. And clearly, if you lose a player with that kind of ability on the right, then Swindon would be in quite a sticky situation if, if he was to be sold by the end of his window. So I think it's very much a, uh, a wrap him up and don't let him check his phone situation, certainly in, in the next couple of days. Lovely. OK, well, that, let's wrap this episode up with some predictions. Just looking back at our competitive record at Forest Green Rovers is very, very good. Um, We've been there five times in competitive fixtures since 2017. We've beat them uh, away. First one was a 2-0 win with Ollie Lancashire and Matt Taylor scoring. Um, We drew with them in 2018, Doughty penalty. A a Doyle brace in in 2019, 2-2 draw. Uh, Broadbent scored um, in the Football League trophy in a 1-0 win in 2020. And the last one, of course, um, 2021, McCurdy and Tyree Simpson win a 2-0 televised win. So we are unbeaten at the lawn slash new lawn. I think it's always been the new lawn, hasn't it, during that time away from home. Certainly we have lost at home to them. What are you going for? Yeah, I don't like that record, I must say. I always think... Uh, we, was it? Mansfield? I love that record. I love that record. I just don't want it to end. Well, exactly. It, that's that's my... I think it was... Was it Mansfield last season where we hadn't lost them since about 2002? And then, of course, that happened. So it, it feels like the fact that we are very good at the new law. And there is there is still the, the positive feelings around Swindon so far. So it does feel like somewhere where we definitely would lose. But I'm 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 going to go with two one and try and and if if this does go badly then I'll go back to my negative predicting because this the the trying to speak things into existence clearly hasn't worked. Mm, yeah, you 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 forced me into a corner here, Joe, because I also was going to go with two one, but in the spirit of the competition, I'm going to go wild with three two Swindon Town. Um, I don't want to go one nil because I'm putting ten quid on it <laughs> to watch on the on the uh, on iFollow. So I want to entertainment three two win, and I'm doing a watch along for the Patreon. So um, yeah, apologies in advance, everybody, but a nice bit of positivity. Um, I don't mind that at all. I mean, it would be excitement all round. I'd certainly be very pleased. It'd be worth the trip to. Nailsworth that I'll be making. Oh, well, I hope it's a very pleasant day out in Gloucestershire, or evening at least. Joe, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music for the presser is provided by the awesome Drag Me Down and the podcast logo is created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Reds. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy. 
or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. Muck delivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 